What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. presence because with your presence it shifts us it changes us it loves us it corrals us it's your presence we are no one without your presence and we are thankful because you chose us people that are insignificant people that didn't deserve people that had a track record you chose us and we declare our thanksgiving today to you we don't have to wait till November to tell you that we're so thankful for what you are doing in this place and through the lives of the people we're thankful and grateful. And we can just know and understand that this is just the beginning of what you're doing in the lives as I get ready to preach this word that you've given me. Hide me in your shadows lead me to still waters and let this word change a generation let me not take anything out or put anything in extra that you haven't already stated I declare healing in your name There's a, a woman in the hospital right now. And you might not know her, but she is important to one of our staff members. Her name is Susie Losada. And she was hospitalized. And we declare healing for Julian's mom over there right now. We declare that you put your healing hand over her heart and over her body. That there is no time to waste because you control the time, control our destinies. Put peace in his heart as we declare that you have everything under control. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Give God a praise right there where you stand. Come on, somebody. Put your hands. Amen. Amen, amen. I want to 
I'm really excited about tonight. I just know that God has a word for his church and for the people that are in this place. And you guys pray with me, pray for me as I deliver it as God has wanted. I truly believe this is a transcendent word that God is wanting to put in your heart so you can apply to your life and you can know forever I mean really forever never ask a question again about what is your identity in Christ what what am I doing what's my purpose what am I looking for what should I be seeing what should I represent what none of that you won't ask that question anymore you'll stand firm in what you believe in Go, to, go with me to Mark chapter 5. chapter 5 verse 1 says this then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gardenes and when he had come out of the boat immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit or demon possessed who had been dwelling among the tombs and no one can bind him not even chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains have been pulled apart by him and his shackles broke in pieces neither could anyone tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones when he saw Jesus from afar he ran and worshiped him and he cried out a loud voice and said what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out out of that man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirit went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned into the sea. So there... So those who fed the swines fled and told the city and in the country, and they went out to see what had happened. Then came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead for him to depart from the region. And when 
when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged Jesus that he might go with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them the great things that the Lord has done for you. Go home and tell your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim all Decapolis, all that Jesus had done for him. And they all marveled. Amen. I'm going to put, BG, you can put the theme of our series and of my message tonight, which is Disruptor. Disruptor. Thank you, worship team. You may be seated. Disruptor. Disruptor. Before I begin in my true assignment today, I do believe that God is wanting to make sure that you understand that today, thank you, that today is going to be a little different. There's a story that I want to kind of bring to your attention, but before I bring you to that story, I need to make sure that you understand why the theme of our series is called Disruptor. Why being a disruptor is so important. What is a disruptor? What is a disruptor? I'll give you the meaning, and then we can follow along as I'm going to make sure that I dissect this and give it to you appropriately. The meaning of disruptor is a person or thing that interrupts an event, activity, or process by causing a disturbance or a problem. In a company, it's used as a form of technology that causes radical change to an existing industry or market by means of innovation. For biology, it means a thing that interferes with a significant thing or alters the structure or function of a biological molecule such as a gene or a hormone. Disruptor. I don't know about you, but I know that my wife, she is a teacher, and she will tell me stories about her loving, caring, amazing, behaved kids in her classroom. She will come and tell me every single day how much she loves those kids and how much they're so well behaved and how she has no issues with none of them. Wanda is smiling because she knows that I'm lying. Every single day there is a story amongst my wife and her companions of teachers, and they can talk about it all day, every day, and it's about, and it is about, sorry, somebody was calling me, it was Jesus, hold on. <laughs> Thank you, Brina, for laughing. There is something to be said when they get together, and they always talk about how disruptive sometimes some of the children are. They talk about how disruptive they are because what is important to understand 
is how they are trying to teach them something that is important to their growth and to their potential. But their disruptive behavior does not allow them to take it all in. So they call them disruptor. You are a disruptive person. When you interfere with the agenda or something that is taking place, there is nothing more annoying. There is nothing more, um, what word can I use, that makes me more peeved than something interrupting a moment. It gets me upset, it gets me angry, it gets me annoyed when somebody is interrupting. My daughter, uh, Joy, she's very, very, uh, very, very much my twin in all means necessary. She will see that my wife and I will be having a serious conversation and she will interrupt. She will disrupt my conversation with my wife. And I will get upset and angry and say, Joy, you say, excuse me. And the reason why I get this way is because, number one, I want to teach her some manners that you just don't interrupt or disrupt a conversation, especially when adults are talking. The other part of it is, depending on the value of my wife and I's conversation, that's when my anger will rise. Because I am making sure that her attention is on me when I'm describing something important to me. So when that gets disrupted, I get upset. Disruptor, disruptor, disruptor. I, I want to make sure that you understand that in this Bible story that we are about to hear, Jesus becomes and is a disruptor. He starts off by telling his disciples that he has been educating for three years. He tells them, go with me to the other side of the region. Go with me to the other side of the region. They get inside of a boat and start sailing to the other side of the region. And it is important before you understand we get to the main passage that this story does not start by just Jesus coming into that region. There is something that happens before that it is important for us to understand. Jesus tells his disciples, let's go to the other side of the region. All of a sudden, Jesus falls asleep. He is a man of flesh and blood, and he is tired, and he goes to sleep inside of the boat. While Jesus is sleeping, there is a storm that arises. Now, I want to make sure that we put a pen in this because it is important for you to understand that not only were you called to disrupt, other things are also called to disrupt you. Hear me when I say that Jesus gives them a word of reaching an assignment. And all of a sudden, as they are in the midst of going towards that assignment, a storm breaks out. A storm breaks out to interfere with their 
attention. A storm breaks out to interfere with their attention. Why is this so important? Every single time that God will give you an assignment, there will be something trying to disturb your attention. This is a constant thing that will constantly happen. Where you will be focused on doing something and all of a sudden something will disrupt your attention. Jesus tells them we are going to the other side of this region. Because there is an assignment there that we must make sure that we arrive. All of a sudden they're not expecting this storm that has overtaken their boat. Water is coming in. They feel like they're sinking. They feel like they're drowning. They feel like they're about to die. To the point where they wake up Jesus and tell Jesus, wake up because we feel that you do not care about us. I want to make sure I kind of dissect this and put this in a really tight, neat ball. So you can take it home with you and, and you can understand everything that I'm going to say here tonight. When Jesus gives you an assignment, there is always going to be something that is going to disturb your attention. And all of a sudden, when it, it is disturbing your attention, you will have these moments where the person that gave you the assignment in the first place, you will feel like they're no longer next to you. Hear me, because it's important for you to understand that there is moments that we congratulate ourselves and we are in a happy state because maybe there was something that made us happy and, and it, 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 we enjoyed it. Whether it was baptism, whether it was giving your, your life to God, whether it was your first time performing or doing something that has something to do with something that you've always wanted to do. There's always going to be that magic moment in God. That memorable moment. But there also is the moments where something will try to disrupt your moment. And when that moment comes, that's when you feel as if the person that assigned you to that assignment is completely not listening. Hear me, because it is important that you understand that Jesus is sleeping on the boat and they are crying out, God, please save us because it feels like you don't care. How is it? That Jesus is in the boat as they are. And they still feel like he does not care. Depending on the assignment that you have is depending on the amount or the growth of the storm. Listen up. Remember, Jesus told them, we're going to the other side. And when Jesus establishes these words, that's when the storm arises. And it's not no itty-bitty storm. It's a storm that they feel like they're going to perish. You know why? Because their assignment awaited for them on the other side. 
So depending on the assignment is depending of the size of the storm. They get to a region. Jesus gets to the region and to the shores of this region. The Bible states that this region has an issue. The issue is very simple. That there is a young man that cannot be contained. He cannot be chained up. He could not be controlled. He could not be put inside of the town to act normal. He is a nuisance for those types of people. And what they found out is we need to figure out a place where to put this problem. They figured out that it is better instead of dealing with him for him to just live in the tombstones graveyard. Why is this so important for me, Pastor Israel? Because there are things that we are meant to deal with that we put it to the side and we leave it there and then it becomes normal when it's not supposed to be. They are seeing that this young man is demon possessed, that he has an issue and the issue has to be corrected. But they're trying to correct it with chains and control and manipulation. And you will never be able to quite figure out what you need in your life when you deal with manipulation and control. You won't be able to fix the problem when it comes to manipulation and control. We all have one sense or another, try to control or manipulate something that we've always wanted. And we push to the side the problem instead of dealing with it head on. Now, it has become normal for this region to know that this young man is out of his mind. But as long as he doesn't touch my things, I'm okay. And it talks about dysfunctional families. Because he, here's the thing. As long as this person doesn't deal with something that is personal, I don't mind them having their own issues. And we never correct the issues, so the issues become normal. No, and this is how we sound when it's normal to us. That's just him. That's just her. We push it to the side, and we allow things that we're supposed to take head on disturb us. The man is clearly disturbed. He is disturbed because he is shouting day and night. He is disturbed because he is shouting constantly. And he doesn't know what to do because he is disturbed. He has demons inside of him that do not allow him to sleep. 
He has things inside of him that he rather, instead of choosing a comfortable bed, he rather choose tombstones to sleep amongst. Pastor, I don't think that I'm demon-possessed. I don't think that I sleep in those tombstones. It's, I'm not that guy. Okay, before you make yourself into a saint, real quick, uh, allow me to explain to you that oftentimes there's things that bother us in the inside that instead of choosing something that, uh, that it's of value, we rather choose something that is as dark and as, as, as depressing as tombstones. Hello, where are all my Christians at? Yeah, because we think that just because we raise our hands and we think that we declare God and we serve God and we do all of these things, there are things that we deal with in the inside that do not allow us to sleep. And we choose the tombstones rather than something of value. Clearly, there's something that's wrong here in this picture. The man is choosing to scream out every single day, and he is cutting himself with the stones in the tombstone. He is cutting himself there in his secret place. He is cutting himself in the place where society sent him. You know what's crazy? <laughs> Listen carefully. Society has such a crazy agenda that it will send you to a place where you will do the most harm to yourself. And then when you try to blame the society, they'll say, that wasn't me. They'll send agendas on top of agendas through subliminal messages. And because we are asleep as a church, then we are over here cutting ourselves with our thoughts and our minds and everything else, battling ourselves instead of actually winning the race for the kingdom. Because society is sending you to a place where you don't belong. I'm going to say that again. Society is sending our children's minds to a place where it doesn't belong. Society is sending our marriages where it does not belong. Society is trying to send our message and the gospel to a place where it doesn't belong. And we have to be able to stand up straight, like I said last week, because we are all in our place. And we are dealing with some things, but until we know what we were fully created for, we will lose the battle that's in front of us. Here is a man that is literally screaming out day in and day out. He is screaming and cutting himself in a place where there are dead people. Hello. There is dead people all around his craziness. And, and the thing about us is that we will allow the dead to infect 
what we are not supposed to be infected in. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Unless you come to the dead with power of resurrection, you are going to be in a situation where it's going to cost you. He is amongst the dead as a habit. Jesus looked at the dead as an opportunity. We often do not understand this because we'll say, hey, you know, we, uh, uh, um, either we get it all the way wrong or either we get it all the way or we try to be in the middle. We'll, we'll have the religious people say, uh, because you dress this way, you can't come next to me. I can't talk to you. I can't have a conversation with you. No, 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 no. That's not what it means. It means do not create a habit with their thoughts. Do not create a habit with their way of thinking. Do not create a habit the way they explain things. Listen to them, but be ready to respond with the power of resurrection in their life. Be ready to respond in a way where you will be able to bring life to someone instead of death being all around you and you accepting that death in your life. Be the power of resurrection. That means if somebody brings you some stuff that does not belong in your ear, say, oh, okay, wow, that's crazy. Let me pray for you. Why? Let me pray for you. Why? Because I have the power of resurrection. Man, me and my person, we're, not ha we're having issues. No, no, let me pray for you. Because I'm not going to feed into your stuff. I'm going to pray something off of you. We... We'll never be able to walk in what God has called us to walk in when we do not walk in the power of resurrection. That's how he saved us. That's how I walk. That's how I need to talk. That's how I need to live. He is amongst dead people, and he has created a habit, the habit of dead people being around his circle. He has created the habit of hurting his own self as a lifestyle. He has created a habit of screaming out for help where no one can hear him. Ooh. Okay, okay. Settle down. He, here, here is a picture-perfect explanation of what happens when you do not have accountability yep you act as if you want help but you really don't seek it appropriately so you are screaming to a whole bunch of people that can't hear you because he's screaming to tombstones and he is wanting help because there's something that's disturbing him that doesn't allow him to sleep. But he does not ask anyone to help him because society kicked him to the curve. And now he's made habit with tombstones. So he is screaming for help in an empty 
place. This is what happens. I'm, I'm I'm trying to guide you to know what is what God has called you to be. But in first, 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 the first thing I need to do is put as an example on why is it that you are in the wrong place at the wrong time. It, it, it's, it's you are trying to try to be someone else's help and you don't even know how to receive help yourself. And so you are screaming to people that cannot help you because they are tombstones. And unless you have the power of resurrection, you won't be able to communicate appropriately. So guess what? You are screaming for no reason. He's screaming, ah, help. He can't get the help because there is no one around him that has the power of resurrection. There is no one around him that can feed into his soul. There is no one around him that can penetrate a word in his life. That's why I, I, I'm, I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings in this place. Please, you guys can give me a hug later. I, I, I'm. I really want you to understand that's why when you look at your friend circle and you go like this and none of them can recite a Bible verse to get you out of something that you put yourself in, you need to start letting them go. Because you need somebody that can pray you out of something. It's either you are the friend that is praying for that person or 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 you are surrounded with people that cannot help you at all and now you start feeling yourself you go wait a minute but every time i talk to this person i always leave depressed and every time i talk to this person i don't get really no help and every time i go talk to this person that's because you're screaming at an empty tomb and and you don't have anyone to pray you out of that thing. You don't have anyone to say, hey, don't worry. God still cares. God still loves you. This is what my Bible says in Psalms 23. It says that, that he is my shepherd and I will, not, I will not want. He will lead me in green pastures and in still waters. That means that he is all in control of your life. And do not worry because he will take care of it. Or when you're anxious and you're feeling like you need to, to bite your nails and you go, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bill. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I don't know what I, I, I use this verse often. Sometimes Sometimes I don't, I should use it more when it comes to my wife, when she opens the closet and she goes, I don't know what I should wear. And her, the closet is like this big with all her clothes. And I go, really? You don't know what to wear? My Bible says, do not worry about what you're going to wear. I should, I should say it, but you know what? Uh, you get, you get the example. You should have friends that are able to, to promote Jesus in your life. You should be able to have friends that promote Jesus in your life. That when something is in turmoil, you can rely on their prayers. That you can rely on them giving you a prophetic word and declare you out of that situation that, that you didn't know that you were in. <laughs> that, that's why it is so important that you understand what you were called to be. So Jesus comes to this situation and he sees that 
he sees that this man comes running to him. Now, hear me closely. This man hasn't run towards anyone in a long time because the Bible says they try to chain him up and they couldn't because they try to control him and they couldn't. And all of a sudden they find a place for him so he can just die. They accommodate him. They accommodate him and his sickness. Listen, that's why you need to, that's why you need to be careful with people that accommodate your sin and they don't pray you out of it. That's why you need to make sure that you have friends that can hold you accountable and say, hey, where you're at right now, you shouldn't be there. I'm telling you, get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Uh, I consider myself your good friend, right, big guy, right, good? <laughs> yes or no, have we had private conversations that sometimes we hold each other accountable? Sometimes we end up tearing up and crying, but because the love of Christ is in our hearts, I had to hold you accountable for something that I knew that was going to hurt you and vice versa. There was times you said, don't do that. Get out. There's times that I had to say, get out. But that's the reason why that the friendship sustains and stays afloat. It's because I can trust when you are going to correct me. And you can trust when I'm going to correct you. Although sometimes when I correct them, I bring him to Subway. Listen up, y'all. I, I bring him to Subway, and I'll tell him, what you want to eat? It's on me. Get cookies. Get everything. Okay, yeah, cool. After he eats, I go, okay, now I need to lay it on you. <laughs> Be smart. Be wise. Be wise. Don't just come out and say what you really feel in your heart to just anyone. If you have somebody to correct, if you have somebody to do, to, to, to align, do it wisely. Do it wisely. Buy them dinner first don't tell them that you don't like what they did and they hungry because if you tell me that i ain't gonna listen a full belly makes you smile at almost everything be smart be wise be wise he had done it the same way i learned that from him he said hey can we go to mcdonald's i said yeah sure let's go to mcdonald's he said we call the double cheeseburger the onions he goes you want some onions i said yeah yeah let's go get some onions a after i finished eating my double cheeseburger with fries which is horrible right now to even mention but he then he laid it on me he said hey now that i have you in my car and you've eaten everything good it tastes good it, the fries were fresh hey i need to tell you this and i was like oh you could have just started off with that, right? But he did it wisely. He did it wisely because we needed to hold each other accountable. There is a lot of people that accommodate you and your sickness in a wrong place because they don't want to deal with you. And, and here's the detail. Here's the detail. Because I don't want to deal with you, I will allow your sickness to be in full active mode at a distance. So they are in the region, and he is demon-possessed over there. And he is actively demon-possessed, but they're over here at a distance. So as long as your sickness doesn't touch me, I'm okay. As long as your sickness doesn't touch me, I'm okay. But you weren't called to leave people and accommodate them. You were called to break them free. So Jesus comes in. 
to the region that has allowed all of this to happen. They have the spirit of manipulation. They have the spirit of control. They have the spirit of demons. They, 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 they have allowed this to take care of their region for so long that now it's become a normal situation and Jesus enters the room. Hear, hear me. The Bible says that the man that was demon-possessed runs towards Jesus and worships him. And all of a sudden, he says these words, please do not torment me. How is a demon-possessed man that is being tormented is now being tormented by the presence of Jesus? So, when you carry a spirit of a disruptor, you will disrupt what people have adapted as normal. And what people will not like about you is that you will try to hide what you really have inside. But when you are in front of a disruptor, they will call it out as it is. So now... Jesus is in front of the same problem the region was. And this one is different because he is saying, please don't torment me. What do you mean? You're tormenting this young man that you are inside of, but you don't want me to torment you. No, no, no. I came to disrupt you. I came to take you out. Because the, the little mystical agenda that has put the church to sleep and people by hundreds and thousands, we came to disrupt that in the name of Jesus. Jesus comes, says, okay, get out. He says, hold on, this is where the message gets good. Get out. He says, please don't torment us. What's your name? Jesus asked. He says, legion. Legion, pure definition, is many. Okay? Legion. They used to use that, that vocabulary back in the days for Roman soldiers. Legion meant many. Maybe 1,600 and more. Many. I never thought about this until when I was studying this. They tried to intimidate Jesus by using the name Legion. By saying, we are many, we are strong, and we are united. They're trying to intimidate the disruptor. Because when you try to disrupt something... People will use intimidation as a way to scare you. <laughs> hear me, hear me, because they will know what you came there for. And they won't be able to stop it. So they'll use intimidation to try to stop you. See, Jesus is walking on the shore. And the demon-possessed man comes to him because he knows who he is. He can see from afar what he's made of. He, he knows he's about to disrupt. So he uses intimidation to stop him in his tracks. And often people that are 
rooted in the spirit of control and manipulation, they will also try to intimidate because they know what you're there for and what is about to happen. Intimidation. They say, my name is Legion. My name is Legion. We're many and we're together and we're united and you're not going to be able to knock us out of this region because we run this thing. But we came to disrupt every plan, every attack of the enemy. And for you to understand what you were created for, this right here conversation is going to be the development of who you're going to be your rest of your life. Jesus comes. He asked him, what's your name? He says, Legion. He tries to intimidate him. And then this is where it takes a turn. They know that they're about to be casted out. Hear me. They know that they're about to be casted out, right? So they go, oh. They look to the side and see that there is almost 2,000 swine. Does everybody know what swine is? Pigs in Latin terms, okay? Pigs. They see a herd of pigs. 2,000 almost to be precise. That's what the writer Mark says. It's almost 2,000 of them. And the demons tell Jesus, allow us to go into the herds of pigs. Hear me, because this right here is what's important. In, in another scripture, he, he, hear this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to Luke chapter 8 verse 30 to 31. Jesus asked him, what's your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, into the man. And they begged repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. Hear me. The demons are trying to negotiate a deal with Jesus. I've I never seen this thing like quite like I'm seeing it now. They try to negotiate terms with Jesus. Hear me. Watch this. Because they're about to be casted out of the works that they're performing in this young man. So they look at the swine of pigs and they look at it as an opportunity. And so they go, Jesus, please don't send us to the abyss. Please don't send us down there. Send us to the herds. The hell for Satan and his kingdom is the abyss. But it's the abyss because they're no longer able to perform works. So, in other words, demons and Satan and his kingdom, their hell is idleness. It's not being able to perform nothing. Listen, so they prefer vexing and complicating 
the lives of the pigs as long as they're still in the game and not in the bench. And it lets me to believe that as Christian people, we got it all twisted up. Do you know that the enemy is, he works in, in excellence? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all didn't know that? He, he works in excellence. He will die for his mission. Hear me. He will do everything possible to destroy. He will perform and do everything in his power to expand his kingdom. He works strategically and in excellence. Yet, he is found in a situation where some of his people, some of his staff members, are found without work. And they prefer working on pigs if men are limited. So let me put it to you this way. They do not despise small beginnings. <laughs> oh, my God. They don't despise small beginnings. They say, if we can start off with pigs, as long as we're working, we're going to be all right. But we, unless we have the perfect temperature, the perfect setting, the perfect way, the perfect person, the perfect response, the perfect everything, we will become idle. And the enemy, is his job is to distract you and make you become idle. As long as you're not working for the kingdom, I'm a-okay. And so he will work in excellence because he knows what it is not to waste time. Hear me. He knows time management. Mm -hmm. He knows that his time is coming to an end. So he times the evil that he does appropriately. But we will waste our time on everything else. And as he works, we are idle. And he will look at pigs as an opportunity, but we won't look at the person on the street as a, as a, as a purpose. Pigs are an opportunity to the enemy. And he'll, he'll rather vex them and complicate them and, and, and make them go crazy because at least he's performing something. You don't believe me. Okay, hear me. I'm going to read to you in Revelations. I know, I know you haven't been in Revelations in a long time, especially uh, if you haven't gone to them uh, other churches. They'll, they'll be like, we're going to today preach in Revelations today. We want to make sure that if you're not going to hell. No, no, no. I'm going to speak to you in Revelations today, old school today. Re Revelations 20, verse 1 and 3. And I remember that that. That Luke says that Jesus asked, what's his name? And they responded, do not send us to the abyss. Why? 
Why not send them to the abyss? Why? Because if they send them to the abyss, they're not performing works. If they send them to the abyss, they, they are neutral. They are, they're not doing anything. They're out of work. They're unemployed. If they send them to the abyss, they don't have a job. If they send them to the abyss, they don't have anybody to, 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 to create disturbance in. And so he says, do not send us to the abyss. But hear me, hear me. Revelations chapter 20, verse 1 and 3. It says, and I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. Now, not this chain, y'all, a chain to tie up stuff. He seized the dragon, <laughs> the ancient serpent. Who is the devil or Satan? I know I haven't, y'all haven't heard me preach about the abyss or Satan or hell or none of that crazy stuff. But I, I want to make sure that I educate you. Hear me. And bound him for a thousand years. The angel came, bounded the enemy for a thousand years in a chain. And threw him where? And threw him where? In the abyss. And locked and sealed it over him to keep him, hear me, from deceiving the nations any more until a thousand years. While you're in your abyss of depression and anxiety and not being able to expand the kingdom of heaven, no worries, no worries. You're chained up and the enemy is a-okay with that. But when we leave the enemy without a job, meaning we are freeing people constantly, we are throwing his plan into the abyss and you don't even know it. Because we were made to disrupt his agenda. That's the reason why people get a little uncomfortable. That's the reason why people look at you funny. That's the reason why you don't understand what you were called for. You go, what was that? No, no, no. You, if anything that you know today, if anything that you know today, you were called to disrupt. You were called to disrupt the enemy's plan. You were called to disrupt the enemy's plan. You were called to disrupt the enemy's plan. The reason why you're not disrupting, the reason why you're not disrupting, it's because you become idle. And idle leaves everything to the side and doesn't do anything for the kingdom. It just does everything for you. He's idle. Big guy, you guys can come up. I'm finishing. I'm finishing this thing. He, he's idle. He's idle. He's idle. The region is idle. <laughs> you, you know, it takes, it takes people to understand what I'm saying here today because this is the word of God. And when the word of God connects to the hearts and flesh of man, they become alive. And let me, let me explain something to you. This region that they're in with this demon-possessed man is idle. They haven't been able to do nothing. They are trying to chain something that you don't chain that way. 
They're trying to chain a demon-possessed young man with regular physical chains, and you won't be able to win the battle that way. So they try to chain them up, not understanding that the demons are like, hey, you putting our, these chains, we still are working. They're still performing works while you're sleeping. They're still performing works while you're resting. They're still performing works while we are lounging. They're still performing works while we are thinking that everything is all right. They're performing works because they work in excellence. They don't sleep. They don't rest until the mission is complete. And yet, to have people become part of something, to bring them to church, to tell them about God, to, to come to church ourselves, to come to the Bible studies, we dragging our feet and going, I don't know if I want to do it today because I don't know. Stay like that, you're idle. We dragging our feet while they're winning the battle. The only way we win is when we stand up and we have the power of resurrection and we put their plan into the abyss. This is how the battle is won. If they can make as many Christians idle, they're winning the battle. They don't have to kill you off. Hear me. The Bible says that the demon-possessed man was tormented and he tried to kill himself and he couldn't. They were trying to destroy his life little by little. But the main point of this is that they wanted the whole region idle. So they'll work in one to get to the many. We want the many to get to one. He's not in his right mind. He's trying to cut himself. He finally comes to Jesus, says, hey, my name is Legion. What's up? He says, okay, your name is Legion. Get out. Hold on. We still want purpose. <laughs> we run away from purpose. They run towards it. We, we hear, God is calling you. I don't know about that. And they run towards a herd of pigs because they know there's purpose there. Even if it's for destruction, there's purpose. Yet when we are called into prayer, when we are called into fasting, when we are called into, into things of the spiritual and not the flesh, we, we, we don't leave our comfort zone. But we're idle. And, and, and God is calling our church to be disruptors. But you can't be a disruptor when you're idle. Mm -mm. So he tells him, sent me to a place where a lot of people wouldn't go. 
listen up. We complain about where God sends us. And they're not complaining to who and where God sends them as long as he sends them. These are demons we're talking about. These are demons we're talking about. This is something that we should rebuke. This is something that we should cast off. This is something that we should send to the abyss. This is something that we should have power over and declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. This is something that the church should be stomping over their feet and declaring we're victorious. This is something that we should have victory over. with us being in a long distance relationship with God I'll call you when I need you bro and we don't pray let's stop fooling ourselves we don't pray we don't read the word we don't fast as we should <laughs> we, we don't do it and then we we ask ourselves why is society pushing the homosexuality agenda so hard? Why is it every channel, every cartoon, every every place that you see it at? Why, why is it divorce in a high rate? Why is it saying that, yes, yeah, super cool to divorce? Why, why is it, why is this happening? Why, why, why are we seeing this being normal? Now we can't say female and male because it's offensive. It's offensive what the Bible wrote, what the Bible wrote. He called them female and male. It's offensive now. We have to use pronouns or common whatever the thing is he she it's a female it's a male that's what God called it but we're asking ourselves why are we losing the battle why are we losing the battle why are they constantly ahead of us uh, like 10 steps up because they work in excellence and they do not sleep they're not idle never region is suffering because it is allowed or it has allowed something demonic to become normal y'all not trying to hear me today the region is idle because they've allowed a demonic presence to be inside of their vicinity and act like it's normal and until we don't stop being idle until we don't learn to be a disruptor until we don't learn that we have been called to enter into an atmosphere enter into a conversation enter into a relationship enter into something and say hey the light just came on because that's what God called us he called us salt he called us light but our lights are dim our salt is weak We'll come to a festival, we won't come to prayer night. We'll come to a team night, but we won't, we won't call into action a fast. We, we'll, we'll hang out with each other and watch a movie, but we won't sit down together and talk about a Bible verse. We, we, we do this to ourselves and we become idle and idle and idle and idle and idle and they'll work and they'll work and they'll put in the work because they'll try to work your life and they, if they can't touch you, they'll go to someone else. If they can't touch you, they'll go to someone else. They don't waste time. You don't hear me. 
Look at what this Bible says. Y'all read this verse plenty of times, right? James 4, chapter 7, it says, Submit to yourselves. This is what people say. They they have a couple of verses that they've written, or they'll put it in in ink in their their arms and things of that nature, but they won't live by. Submit to your, my Bible says, submit to yourself and the devil will flee. Do you understand the meaning of that? It's saying that if you are so engulfed in the in the in the the will of God it, you're submitted to what God wants you to be doing every single day that the enemy will flee but hear me it's not running away from you as he's scared <laughs> cuz they'll they'll say submit yourself and he will flee running no 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 he ain't running because of fear he's running cuz of time i i can't get no interest in this person so i got to move to the next one submit yourself to god the devil will flee means he will run from the lack of interest that he's gaining from what he's trying to do with your life so he will go to another he won't waste time but us will stay in that relationship that we've wasted time we'll waste time in that relationship that God has told us there's no investment there you're coming out empty there you're coming out empty there and we'll waste time waste time waste time waste time no 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 we need a practice start leaving what doesn't give you interest He works in excellence. And we're wasting time. We're wasting time. We're wasting time. We waste time on relationship times, on things that those are edified, times on things that, that takes our time, times, time, 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 and while you're timing, you're wasting time 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 is wasted and time is wasted in that person and in that thing and in that relationship and in that thing the enemy is not wasting time on you he's performing the work that he wanted he's designed to perform the work that he wanted because he's trying to destroy your life but the moment that you stand on your feet the moment that you declare that God is with you the moment that you declare that God is the alpha and the omega the moment you declare that your house will serve the Lord the moment that you declare that ain't no weapon formed against you shall prosper the moment you declare that God is great in your life he won't try to waste no time with you anymore notice that it says he will flee but BG maybe my Bible is wrong does it say that he won't come back Okay. It says he will flee, but he still, from a distance, will wait for an opportunity that you're idle. He'll flee when you're in your busy season, and he'll present himself when you're in your idle season. When you're idle, you're the most receptive to his plan because you're not doing works so he'll do it but when you're doing works he'll say ah this is taking a little bit time he's still praying he's 
still fasting. Oof. She's still reading her word. Oh, I don't got too much time for this. I'll, I'll come back and he'll flee and wait again to see if you're idle. And that's what he's been doing with the church. <laughs> Y'all, listen up. I took my baby girl to the emergency room yesterday. And I said, I seen her go to sleep and she wasn't, she was waking up coughing really bad and you could see this was going all the way inside and something in my heart, I started, I started, I started hurting. I said, babe, I don't, I don't like this. She, I, I'm hurting. She's, she's hurting me because I, I don't like to see her that way. And we took her to the emergency room. I said, oh man, this is going to be a long night. This is going to be a night where we're just going to lose sleep. And I said, in my heart, I said, God, take control. I can't waste time. I've got to be there tomorrow. I've got to tell these people this word. I have to. I have to. I can't because the enemy won't waste time either. And if he doesn't waste time, I ain't wasting time. And if he's doing work, I'm going to be doing work. They rather perform works on swine than leave the region completely. They rather perform works on swine than leave the region completely. That means they rather start small. They rather start uncomfortable. They rather start something that they didn't want to, but they didn't want to leave the region because they knew that if they stayed in the region, they could be effective. They knew if they stayed in the region, they can perform their works. They knew that if they stayed in the region, everything was okay, but, but they didn't want to leave the region. That, that's what the Bible says. They didn't want to leave the region. The Bible says they didn't want to leave the region but we 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 leave the walk because somebody heard us we leave the walk because somebody called us a name we leave the walk because we don't believe that God is real what what you have breath in your lungs right now how can you say that he's been watching and guarding over you he's been protecting you he's been taking care of you what you mean he's not real what you mean he's not real don't let the enemy work inside of your heart and gain territory because that's what he wants he doesn't want to leave the region but today we cast the enemy out 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 let me hear Xavier let me hear you cast the enemy out. We cast the enemy out from our families, from our children, from our community, from our marriages. We cast him out. I'm too busy working. I'm too busy working. I'm too busy working. I'm not idle anymore. My spirit ain't idle anymore. I'm too busy working. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And what God put me in. He allowed them to stay around. And the Bible says this. Listen up. I'm finishing. I promise. The Bible says that as soon as they entered the herd of the pigs, they ran down a steep hill and made the herd of 2,000 pigs fall and drown. 
Jesus allows this so they can see what the boy had inside of him was devastation and it needed to drown. So he lets them hear. They're running violently, the Bible says, because they can't control themselves. They're panicking. They got taken over. And the Bible says they run down a steep hill and they drown, they drown, they drown, they drown, they drown. Jesus wanted this to happen so they can see how powerful they are when they are united and not idle. They will perform their works. And here, here's the fun part. Genesis, I'm so glad to have you here, by the way. I, honestly, my heart is up the roof right now. I don't want to cry because I got to finish this message. The Bible says this, that they came and saw the young man that was demon-possessed, and they got scared. They didn't get scared when the boy was demon-possessed. They got scared when they saw him doing well. They got scared when they saw him doing well. The Bible says when they saw him clothed and doing well sitting next to Jesus, they got scared because they thought that being naked and crazy and out of their mind was normal. Hear me. They thought naked and demon-possessed was normal. And when they saw this man in all his right mind, they said, whoa, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. What? No, no. He's busy now. He's busy now. He's busy now. The Bible says that they got so angry that they started kicking Jesus out of the region. <laughs> Y'all, listen. That's why it's so important for you to understand that you're called to be a disruptor, that you're called to disrupt the region, that you're called to disrupt the, the agenda of the enemy. Why, 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 why? Because I, I want to tell you something. When you're a disruptor, they will kick you out of places that you wanted to fit in. They'll kick you out of places where you, you thought you were comfortable in. And when you're a disruptor, when you're a disruptor, when you're a disruptor, they, they won't like you. When you're a disruptor, they will try to kick you out because they know, they know, they know something is changing. Something is weird here. They'll kick you out. They'll try to kick you out. They'll kick you out because you're a disruptor. They know. They know this, per this person is about to disrupt my plan. I, mm, I, I just feel it. You can't be my friend. You can't be in this region. You can't be in this region. They kick them out. The Bible says that the young man came to Jesus and begged him, please let me go with you. Please let me go with you. This region is weird. This is this is it right here. 
you would think Jesus would say, come, my faithful servant. You've been faithful in the small. Be next to me because I want you to be my disciple. Mm -mm. He disrupted was what was disrupting him so he can disrupt the region. Hello? He was being disrupted in his life and Jesus sets him free from what's disrupting him so he can disrupt the region. So he tells him, you can't go with me, but it's not because I don't love you. You can't go with me, but it's not because I don't see potential. You can't go with me, but it's not because I don't see that you can do something great. I, I'm going to leave you in this region because what has been disturbing you, I've taken it out. Now go and tell your friends. Now go and tell your friends and tell everyone what I have done for you. So you can disrupt the spirit that they also have in their life. Tell them, tell them, tell them. And the Bible says that he walked back to the region and he was telling everyone. And the Bible says they marveled. Today, I want to take out the spirit of idleness. They asked, let us go to the swine because we could perform works there even if it's swine even if it's per even if it's meaningless we could still perform mischief let us go Jesus said okay we're called to disrupt that's why we won't fit in the patterns that's why we won't fit in the circle. We're never meant to be fitting in the circle. We can't measure what God is going to do in our lives. We can't measure. We can't measure. God doesn't want us to build a church that we can measure. This is how the church did it. This is how they did it. This is how they did it. This is how, and it was all successful for them. Oh, that's crazy. No, 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 no. God wants us to be disruptors that when we walk in, they go, this is what we've built. Hey, do you know that there's pride in here? Bring that down. Hey, this is what I've done. Hey, I, I know, but there's adultery here. Hey, this is what I've done. I know, I know, but I got to disrupt your, your life for a second. This is not what God wants. This is not what God wants. And when you walk in that, you will realize that you will gain territory for the enemy. But don't be afraid that people will reject you. So my last point, to be a disruptor, have to have tough skin you don't know the attacks that I've been under and my family you don't know you don't know because I don't try to say it but guess what I have an assignment and if my assignment is to disrupt what the enemy is trying to plan I'm it Genesis, I'm not going to make you walk all the way over here. You know why? Because we love you. And I don't want you to say, Pastor Israel brought me up into an com uncomfortable position. But I'll make you uncomfortable in your seat, though. God brought you here 
to disrupt you. But look, look, look at the word functioning. Look at the word functioning. He had to disrupt Hillary's life first. He had to disrupt Hillary's life first. And he disrupted her life so she can go and tell her friends. The Bible says, go and tell your friends. That's what she's doing. So she's going to her friends and saying, I don't know what has been happening. I don't know what's going on, but my life is being turned upside down. And I don't know how you can make it. I don't know if we have to pick you up, but you need to come because God wants to do something great in your life. And I'm telling you, you were here for this moment and for this message right now because you're also a disruptor. I know because I've seen you. I know that you carry a, a beautiful gift from God, but you were called to disrupt others. That's why you don't fit in in everywhere else. That's why the circle that you had, it got smaller and smaller and smaller, and you didn't know why. Because you don't fit in because you're mean to stand out. You are a disruptor. You're going to disrupt a region. And I declare that in Jesus' name right now. Every hand's up, eyes closed. I'm finished. And I feel very strongly in my heart to do something before I end. Thank you, God. Robert, Kayla, can you come here for a second, please? Pastor Rob. Y'all, they flew all the way from Pennsylvania to, to see me. No, I'm playing around. He had to minister. They love me. God bless you. I want to say this real quick. When I came to Tampa, I was in chains. And the only reason why I can preach y'all tonight it's because God selected two individuals with a beautiful, amazing group of kids to take me into their house and disrupt my life. Hear me. So God used them as an instrument to set me free. And now I can be here setting this region free. But it took a heart of nobility and humbleness and being assigned something. And she and he didn't look at it as a small task. They, they looked at it as an opportunity to do the works. So they said, he's one. But I'm pretty sure that if we pour into him, he can pour into many. Hear me. This is a prophetic word that you were called to be a disruptor. And so I want, I feel it strongly in my heart. I know that you guys are, have a lot of plans. You have a lot of things that are coming up. And you have your own region to disrupt. You have your own region to create chaos. And I know for a fact, you're not afraid of chaos. Neither are you. He might be a little bit more afraid than you are. But... 
I declare that where they're at, they're going to disrupt that region and they're going to gain thousands for God. So with that being said, Pastor Rich, Tammy, come here. I want you to lay your hands on them and I want you to declare that today they're leaving out of here. My God, they're leaving out of here, understanding that they were called to disrupt a region. Every, every hand over here right now. God, we, we thank you today because your word, your word, it fills the hearts. It fills the minds. It's filled the spirits. Lord, we declare today that these individuals are region disruptors. They're region disruptors. They're going to disrupt their region. They're going to disrupt the children. They're going to disrupt the youth. They're going to disrupt the marriages. They're going to disrupt the people that come into their church. They're going to disrupt. And they're going to change. They're going to change lives. And, and I, I have a prophetic word. Nothing will harm your children. I'm going to say that again. Nothing will harm your children. Nothing will touch them. Nothing will harm them. You will disrupt and God will disrupt your children. You will disrupt for him and he will disrupt your children. Jesus, right now we declare freedom in this place. We declare that your word does not come back empty. And every financial need will be met in your name. They will not need anything because they will walk in prosperity. They will walk in biblical prosperity, in the blessings of giving and giving and you taking care of theirs. Lord, I declare this right now. I declare this right now. Anything that comes against your plan is non-void right now. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Somebody give God a praise right now. Somebody give God a praise right now. He set you free. He set you free. Now go set somebody else free. He set you free. Now go and set somebody else free. Disrupt. That's what you were called to do. You were called to disrupt. You were called to disrupt. 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 Keep on disrupting. Keep on interrupting. Keep on moving things that don't look familiar. This is God's house. We do what he wants us to do. And we will do it according to his will. Amen. Put your hands there. Everybody standing on your feet. see is disruptors all around the room. I see disruptors all around the room, all around the room. I see, I see your spirit touching each and one of them, their hearts, their minds, their souls. God, you do only what you can do. Let your word transform the hearts. I'm just a, a, just a vessel. You are the one that performs the works. 
I ask you in your name to perform miracles that we've never seen before. May we see your work in progress. May we see your power as we take steps of faith. As we take steps of faith, we will see your work. We will see your work. We will see your work. And we declare victory in your name. Victory in your name. Victory in your name. Guys, listen real quick. So you can stay standing real quick. My daughter and I were watching a movie the other day called Trolls War Tour. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you like music, it's a good movie. My, my daughter, at the end of the movie, Joy, said, Dad, oh, I get it now. There was a part where everybody lost their color because somebody had an assignment and they all lost their color and they all wanted to be transformed into one person in one, one group. And they were all gray and no one had any color inside of their life. And Joy said, Dad, I get it now. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? We're just watching a movie. I'm not even, there's no message on. There's no sermon on. There's no worship music on. She said, Dad, I get it now. I said, what are you talking about, Joy? The enemy's trying to take away from us. The enemy's trying to take away from us. What God put inside of us, he's trying to take away from us. And I just look at her. I say, oh, my God. Let, let me tell you something. This is what God is doing. That's why you got to have your ears attentive. Because God can speak from a ch child. He can speak from an older person. He can speak from anyone. You just got to be open to disrupt. I need people to praise in here. I need you to put your hands together for the King of Kings, the Lord. Lord of Lords, give him a shout, praise! If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.